Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. Coming to you on the 24th of May, 2023, just after a little uh, vacay, episode 420. <laughs> now, how funny would that have been if they would have lined up with uh, 420-420? But nevertheless, that's not my thing anyway, so the humor would be lost, I'm sure, on most of my listeners. Not lost on me. So I'm gone for a week, right? I, I pre-made three episodes. Uh, they, they, all, they all did well. I had over 700 downloads for each episode that I put up, over. And I got to say, I'm very pleased with that. Very happy, my three listeners. You were extremely busy doing all those downloads. And I'm just under 140,000 total downloads. For those of you following along, allegedly I have 450 episodes. I think only 420 of them are legit numbered episodes. So if you were to take that number, and we're going to just say it's 139,000, just because we like to keep our math simple, especially when I'm doing it on the fly, if you will. And we divide that by 420, that gives us 330 listens per episode. So actually, uh, that's not anywhere close because I'm doing double that on most new episodes. That means I am now almost done making up for all those episodes that topped out at 50 to 100 listens. Hey, that's okay. As I said, my three listeners are very, very busy. All right, so in my absence, so I was visiting my birth state. For those of you that don't know, I was indeed born in the Badger State, Wisconsin, Wisconsinite, Cheesehead, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But yes, I am a damn Yankee. And uh, for those of you new, that just means that I was a Yankee that came here and didn't go back. However, I had a a two-year-old when I came here, and I had a second child down here, and both of them are far more Texan than anything else, and now I've officially lived in the state of Texas longer than anywhere else I've lived in my life. And that was after I took a two-year stint with uh, Uncle Sam in the U.S. Navy, and I gotta tell you, I enjoyed my time, but that was uh, pretty crazy. We didn't have perverts uh, doing our ads the recruitment was not done by dudes pretending to be chicks and vice versa. Oh, man. Oh, uh, who thought we would long for the days of Bill Clinton again? <laughs> 1992 to 1994. And Clinton hadn't destroyed the Navy yet, but hey, don't worry. His brother Barack came in and finished it up for him. So then his brother Biden can run the entire country into the ground. All in due time, my friends. All in due time. So I haven't really come up with a uh, title for today's uh, episode. Usually I try and be pithy, rhymey, and try and have a little fun to encourage listeners. But a strange thing happened. While I was home from uh, my various activities, I had time to speak with my friends who are from Wisconsin. And one of the things that I took away is that while the legislature is run by Republicans, they are routinely sold out by their leadership. They don't get many things done that they ought to be able to get done. 
Indeed, they let their tyrant, fraudulent governor basically skate to re-election. The guy's done nothing good for the state, yet the state seems to be happy to reward that guy with another term. And the Republicans did nothing. They're still doing nothing. Now, I don't know if it's because they're so excited to still have a job or if they're so excited that they can pretend to do things or if it's just that that's the state of affairs we're at that the Republican Party, and this is in Wisconsin, mind you, has to accept anybody that's not a Democrat and they're just thrilled to death that the Democrats don't run everything again like they once did. But that's not how you make things better. And it's a sad state of affairs. It really is because Wisconsin has a lot of great opportunities that they don't participate in. I mean, there's a lot of things they can do. They just opt not to. I mean, you're literally sitting on two of the great lakes and you couldn't find a way (laughs) to do something with that. Now, in fairness, there is tons of beautiful country there. And, you know, I got to say the little heartstrings pull every once in a while while you're up there, but my home is Texas. Texas, I'm coming in, and Texas is the front lines of the battle now. It really is. Um, So many states have capitulated and knuckled under and pretended that there's nothing left to fight for that all the enemy's guns, metaphorically speaking, are pointing at Texas and a few other of the Intermountain West states trying to force us to make a mistake, trying to break us. Now, I would love to believe the leadership of the state of Texas, the Republicans that they are, have what's best for the state of Texas, what's best for these United States going forward in mind when they do some of the things that they do. But I got to say, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. When I see the things that they're doing and the things that get passed, I don't understand Now, I know in my heart of hearts, you can't get everything all the time. There is another team on that field, if you will, and they're not going to let you just get an easy win. I get it. Okay. And forgive my sports metaphor, but look at it as a, you're in the middle of the battle. And even if you win the battle, you still lose your people along the way. What I don't understand is why we keep ceding territory that we've taken and we should be holding it and we don't whether it's these close races that we lose on paper and then we don't fight for we don't drag it out try and force the issue because the left does it all the time the left has no fear because they control the narrative but yet the republicans the the conservatives they lose doesn't matter how close the battle is well we just want to challenge it If you think they're cheating, they are. If you think you can't prove the cheating, you only have to prove some. When you're talking about a race that's decided by less than 200 votes out of, I don't know, 8,000 or 6,000 votes, that's a problem. You ought to be investigating that. Does anybody actually believe that any of these races are that close? I think there's some things going on. And they want to put it off on, well, it's the uh, voting machines or it's this or it's that. I'm not going to rule out 100% that there couldn't be an issue 
But I don't think that the voting machine is the cause of our failure. And I don't even think that cheating is the cause of our failure. No, I think if we have anybody to blame, it's ourself. Whether it's lackadaisical methods, whether it's poor messaging, whether it's just pure complacency, or whether it's just running on the assumption that we're red, we're always red, and we're always going to be red. Which, again, I really have a hard time wrapping my head around since the red of my childhood was a bunch of communists. But be that as it may, the Republican Party. The other party is the evil party, and I'm stuck in the stupid party. And yes, I've said it again and again and again. And it's not going to stop being said until we quit doing stupid things. Because when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. We're dealing with the tyrants that are near and far, and we can't even get together to agree who we're battling. And it happens all the time. Look, anybody that knows me knows I am nothing if I'm not a tad radical, right? I I don't subscribe to the idea that I'm right wing, but your mileage may vary. I'm certainly no moderate. I I am a liberty advocate, and I am very proud of that. But you know what? At the end of the day, what it boils down to most is I'm a Texian. I'm a Christian Texian. I want what, honestly, Christian to be put forth, be put forward, because if you're going to have a culture, it needs to be a Christian culture, because any other culture, not as good. Don't care. That's That's the way I see it. That's my truth. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. And while we're at it, a Texian. Yeah, okay, you can say you're a Texas nationalist. You can say you're a Christian nationalist. You can claim to be whatever nationalist you want to be. I don't care. I'm not going to paint with the broad brush. I'm not going to go after you. I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to question your commitment. None of that. But I'm a Texian, which means that I want to put Texas first. I'm a Texian because I believe Texas independence is, is a future prospect and is something we need to be exploring. Not because it's the immediate first choice, but it's because it's a last resort. We don't have anything left. We've been trusting the federal government for far too long. We've been trusting the other states to fight our battles with us. They're not interested. We've been trusting the party to look out for our best interests. Draw your own conclusions there. Now, I understand there are a lot of naysayers out there. Well, you know, they're not perfect. Well, you know, I don't agree with them on, but these couple things. Okay, fine, whatever. As a Christian Texian, let me tell you, if the laws are in agreement with or not opposed to Christian culture, I'm a-okay with it. If they're opposed to Christian culture, you have to ask yourself why and how this happened. And what are you going to do about it? Now, I'm not suggesting that we roll out stones for any reason. I'm not suggesting that uh, we start executing anybody for any reason. I'm not suggesting any of that. I, I, I'm not even sure that I would say I'm comfortable with the idea. <laughs> oh, the word just escaped me. Doug. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not comfortable with a theocracy. Let's put it that way. But I got to tell you, who are you going to serve? 
right? You're always going to serve somebody. For me, I choose to serve the Lord on high, right? The guy that sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, down here for an ultimate sacrifice. And yeah, I know that makes some of you squirm, right? But I'm honest. I'm open. And you know what? If you choose to be a Christian, then you're going to be held to that method, that that um, belief system. You're going to be you're going to be held and measured based upon that claim of Christianity. But if you're a pagan, okay, that's fine. Uh, you're not my enemy directly. You're my Lord's enemy, but you're not my enemy. Don't give me a reason to have a problem with you, and we won't have a problem. I believe that you can exist in my system far better than I would be able to exist in your system. The same goes for, no, let's just say it. Everybody that's not a Christian is a pagan, right? It's just the easiest way to explain it. And I'm not saying it to be offensive. I'm not saying it to be rude, mean, or otherwise. But it's as simple as that. You're a Christian or you're not. And if you're a Christian, you're held to a higher standard. Now, if you're not a Christian or you don't claim to be a Christian, okay, fine. We're not going to judge you by the same standards because you aren't voluntarily submitting yourself. Now, my voluntarist friends, my my uh, Christian libertarian friends, you understand the language I'm using there, right? You're volunteering to surrender your control of your body, your mind, whatever you want to call it, when you become a Christian. But if you're not... That's okay. You've made the decision to not participate in that. I I think you're wrong, but be that as it may. So I was, uh, I was listening to the uh, Bible app last night and for the life of me now, it just, yeah. First Corinthians five. Now, first Corinthians fives, you know, talks about church discipline, but the most interesting thing was, He's telling you, I wrote you a letter to not associate with sexually immoral people. I did not mean the immoral people of this world or the greedy swindlers or idolaters. Otherwise, you would have to leave the world. But what I'm trying to tell you is if they claim to be a believer and then a believer is sexually immoral, greedy, an idolater, verbally abusive, a drunkard or a swindler, you're not even supposed to eat with those people. He goes on to say, for what business is it of mine to judge the outsiders? We judge the insiders. God judges the outsiders, right? <laughs> put, away, put away the evil person from among yourselves. Again, this is uh, verse 9 through 13. And it really struck me because that's really the underlying purpose, right? There are a whole lot of my friends, compatriots, allies in the party And we spend a lot of time getting upset by the people that are on our team that are not on our team. So while that's true, if you're claiming to be a Republican, we're going to hold you to the standards of the Republican Party. Likewise, if you're a Christian, you hold other people to the standard of being Christians if they claim to be a Christian. Now, we don't care. Democrats behaving like Democrats. We don't care that pagans behave like pagans. I mean, we do, but that's not our priority. Our priority is to make sure that Christians behave like Christians 
And quite frankly, Republicans should act like Republicans. Now, here is the rub. Not all Republicans are the same. And actually, there's plenty of Christian denominations that are not quite the same. So you end up distilling it down, right? What are the things that all the Christian sects, all the uh, denominations largely agree on? If you disagree with those basic tenements, you're probably not a Christian. You shouldn't pretend to be one and you should be misled. Likewise, if you claim to be a Republican and you're A-OK with this gay marriage thing and you're A-OK with uh, dudes dressing up as women and dancing in front of young boys and girls and you're A-OK with killing babies in the womb, you're probably not a Republican. I will certainly say you're not a conservative, but unfortunately what will happen is 30 years from now, (laughs) the Republicans will likely be A-OK with all the perversion that I just laid out. And they'll be defending it from whatever the latest crazy leftist notion might be. I mean, what's next? Ritual sacrifice of the uh, the young born? I mean, ritual sacrifice of virgins? Um, you're, um, if you're not <laughs> posing as a hermaphrodite, then you're stoned? I mean, where does this go? I don't know. I'm afraid to even go down that path. I mean... It's a dark, dark place to speculate on what the future may hold. But I am optimistic. I am optimistic. Why am I? Because, well, one, the battle belongs to the Lord, right? That's a, that's a real cheap phrase there, right? Well, yeah, you can do what you want, but God wins in the end. Okay, but there's a whole lot of time, energy, and quite frankly, people between then and now. So what are you going to do about it? So Joshua says for he and his house are going to serve the Lord. I'm telling you right now, that's my mindset as well. But it also means that I have to be willing to sacrifice my personal preference. I have to be willing to sacrifice my personal, I go, pleasure. Maybe that's not the correct word. Comfort. Let's go with that. My personal comfort has to be sacrificed. That means that, you know, five nights a week, I'm doing a half hour podcast. That means two nights a week, I'm going to political meetings and activist activities. That means that every month I give a little money to different missionaries or different uh, political things. There's a cost. But the question is, is that a cost or is it an investment? I choose to look at it as an investment. Because to not fight back, to not make a difference, to not stand in the gap is to just cede it all to the world. To let the pagans run amok. And I'm not good with that. You ought to be very careful what you wish for. You know, we we say we want peace in our time, but peace at what cost? The man stands before you and says, I will agree to leave you alone and the war will be over if you sacrifice your daughter. Well, depending on how long the war has been going on and how bloody it's been, you might be willing to sacrifice your daughter. You might. But would you be willing to sacrifice the entire city's uh, women under the age of 21? Uh, When you think that that's a far out thing, I mean, that's Old Testament kind of stuff there. 
I mean, it's been done before. We know it's happened before. They go in, they kill all the men, and they take the women that are under a certain age. I mean, is that shocking to you? Well, it shouldn't be. That's what pagans do. That's the world we're embracing. That's the world we're going to. So you can be upset that I advocate for Christian Texian behaviors or attitudes, but I'm trying to save us from ourselves. I'm trying to save you from yourself. I'm trying to make a stand while you still can stand. And honestly, I don't know to what avail it's going to be. Some of you are aware of the trials and tribulations we've had with the McKinney ISD school board here, right? And the way they've shut down most of the discussion, they, the way they've mm, enacted rules to basically punish people that they don't like, and then they only choose to enforce them upon, upon the people that they don't like, where apparently it's even worse in the city council chambers. So it's a curious thing. You can go to the city council, but you can't speak and name any of the council members or the mayor. You can't criticize anything they've done or said because, you know, that would be breaking the rules of decorum. So, meanwhile, the very same people that won't allow you to speak at their meeting, which is supposed to be a public meeting open to public comment, they prevent you from saying what you need to say or what you want to say, where all the while... They go and do whatever they want, and there's no recourse. Now, rather than cry about it, rather than get upset, rather than, you know, go to social media and call them names, why not just show up and disobey? I mean, what's the worst they can do? They might arrest you. They, they might fine you. You have to be willing to go to court. This has already been struck down in the Ninth Circus Division. The Ninth Circus Division knows this is wrong. It's unconstitutional. It's a violation of your First Amendment guaranteed rights. You can't speak truth to power if you're not allowed to speak truth, much less address the power. Now, for you leftists out there, you have to know this is going to come back and bite you as well. You, You do understand that, right? Just because you have tyrants on the left doesn't mean you won't get tyrants on the right. We're surrounded by tyrants, and it's a question of what are you going to do about it. Now, I don't trust the leftists to do anything. They have no power using an abuse, or they have no problem using and abusing power. It's only <laughs> a schmucks on the right that are afraid to do anything. Well, we might upset them more, or they might use this against us. I got news for you: they already are. They don't care. You have to be willing to push back. You have to be willing to pay the cost. I put the principle before my preference all the time. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's not something I highly recommend, but it has to be done. If you want to win the battle, if you want to stand a chance in the war, you have to be willing to set aside your personal preference for the principle at hand. You have to be willing to fight with the team you're on. You have to be willing to support the army you've joined. You can't second guess and question everything that the general the captain, the lieutenant, that they offer for you to do. You need to go do this. And if you're on the ground troops and your sergeant says, jump, (coughs) excuse me, he says, jump, your only question ought to be is how high and how long. 
But unfortunately, we spend most of our time fighting amongst ourselves. We spend most of our time policing ourselves, making sure that nobody broke that little itty bitty rule. Nobody violated some decorum rule. No, nobody did this. Nobody did that. And while that's all important and necessary at times, when you're at war, that stuff gets set aside. And if you don't believe me, think about this. What do you want to bet the most devout Jewish person while they were in the camps from 1942 to 1945 What do you want to bet that they ate even though it wasn't kosher? Right? It's a law of God. But I think the higher law of God is you should stay alive. I don't know. I wasn't there. I won't pretend pretend to have any direct answers there. But I'm fairly certain that they ate whatever there was to eat. And then ask for forgiveness because Lord, I have to exist in order to continue. I'm just suggesting that we have a lot of rules. We have a lot of restraint that we put upon ourselves because we're afraid, rightfully so, afraid of abuse of power, afraid of overstepping, afraid of getting icky or messy. That's all well and good. Until you're at war. There's really no rules at war. I mean, we pretend, you know, the Europeans thought it would be a great idea if we came up with some rules so we could make sure bad things didn't happen. (laughs) Outside the uh, Sino-Japanese War, (laughs) what is it, 1938 to 1946, um, the Europeans have justified themselves as the world's best killers. When they're motivated, they kill others with extreme efficiency. Is that really what we want to live up to? Is that really what we want? No, of course not. We want a civil society. We want Christendom to exist, to build, to give us a culture worthy of defending. But on the flip side, when war is declared and it's you or your opponent If it's your family versus their family, what are you going to do? They're not going to show quarter eventually. What are you going to do? But guess what? The good news is, is if you take a stand right now, if you push back right now, we can perhaps avoid or at least postpone that future, that the bleak, nasty future that's staring us in the face if we continue to do nothing. And we say, well, Stephen... We've done this. We've done that. We're not doing nothing. Well, no. No, you are doing nothing. Complacency kills. There should be no reason on God's green earth why some of these election results came out. There should be no reason why on God's green earth the lackadaisical, terrible organization down in Austin is allowed to perpetually put off the very things that we sent them there to do. And there's no recourse Nobody does anything. You can barely hold them accountable. It can't continue. We have to fight now while the fight is still winnable. Well, you have something on your side with which the possibility to win exists. Because let me tell you, the other alternative is fight when you have no hope to win. And yes, I'm paraphrasing Churchill. 
Better to fight now when you have a chance to win than to fight when all hope is lost. And I can assure you that some of us are going to be here when all hope is lost. And we're going to wonder to ourselves, how in the world did this happen? How did we get to this point where we had the quote unquote freest, best country ever? And now we're a tyrannical mess. And it's because good people did nothing, yes. But it's also because the people that had an opportunity to show some resistance chose not to. Solzhenitsyn, right? I think it's from his Gulag Archipelago, but it could be wrong. Is reputed to have said that they thought to themselves when they were in their jail cells, and again, paraphrasing, how they wished that they would have fought back when they had the chance, that they made it to where the children and the wives of the men they sent out to go hunt down the dissidents had to fear for the idea whether or not they would come home at night. How long would they have been able to put up with the uncertainty of whether or not their husband was going to show up at the end of the day? This dovetails nicely with my... uh, admission, right? My recommendation last week, there's no reason to get fight. There's no reason to anger. There's no reason for any of this to take over you. But when you're dealing with these three letter agency types, right? DEA, BATF, E, (laughs) they're five letters now, CIA, FBI, IRS, blah, 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 blah. When you're dealing with those guys, just don't. Don't talk to them. Don't acknowledge them. You don't have to be mean to them. You don't have to be rude to them. You don't have to be a jerk. Just don't talk to them. Don't acknowledge them. Oh, I know there's a few good agents. I'm sure there are. But the government they work for is corrupt and evil, tyrannical. Their orders, more often than not, are tyrannical. They're unconstitutional. They're abusive. Right? Think about it. The, BL, the BLM, the EPA, OSHA. The, all, these, all these people that are armed and are here to enforce order from the federal government, they shouldn't even by right exist, but they do. And we tolerate it. And we thank them. We thank them for the abuse that they heap upon us. Do nothing. Don't acknowledge them. Don't be friends with them. Don't tolerate them. Don't bring them in your house. Don't have their kids over. Shunning works. And it's a whole lot less bloodshed than the other alternative. These people are not your friend. They have chosen to work for tyrants. They have chosen to make their family dependent upon abusing others. Oh, well, Stephen, they're not abusing people yet. They're, 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 there's only a few bad apples. That, okay, but you tolerate it. The people that are still there are tolerating it. The bad apples get promoted and they continue to tolerate it. You think if 10% of the agents quit tomorrow, then maybe somebody wouldn't pay attention? You think if 20% of the agents were gone within a month, that somebody might wonder what's going on? These guys are given a choice. You can be acknowledged and have friends and 
you know, extended family in your neighborhood and your communities you live in, or you can stay working for that agency that seeks to destroy and control others. What's your choice? What are you going to do? You have to reverse the pain. You have to exhaust. <laughs> you have to put a cost on them. You have to make them feel it too. Because they have no compunctions about putting us in pain. They have no compunctions about us being abused if it suits their needs and their pensions. We cannot continue to pretend that all is well. We cannot continue to pretend we're not at war because we are. No, it might be just a warm war. Some would still hope it's a cold war, but it's not far from going hot. And I'm not talking about what the Chinese or the Russians. I'm talking about our very own government that seeks to put us down. You don't have to go down lightly. You don't have to pretend that we still live in a panacea. We do not. But I would never advocate at this time taking matters into your own hand, being violent, taking somebody else's life, depriving them of their liberties. All you got to do is just not talk to them. Pretend they don't exist. Turn away. If they want to come to your store and buy something, decline their business. If that's not legal where you live, then be a little more careful how you do that. We don't have to continue to go along with this. We don't have to pretend it's good. I don't think we're to the point where a general strike could even be workable, much less called. But you have to work with the tools that you have. You have to fight back with the way that you can. So welcome back, right? It's Wednesday. (laughs) And we're talking about tyrants on the right and the left. And that's all for today, folks. Until tomorrow, I will see you on the other side.